everybody and welcome to this edition of It's About Us. I'm your host, Rush Starwish. I hope you're doing well, and I hope your family is safe. I gotta be straight with you. I have done uh, little to nothing when it comes to anything challenging or entertaining. Most people know that around this time of the year, uh, I'll do the Chicago Marathon. Um, due to COVID-19, the Chicago Marathon was canceled, and it devastated a lot of runners. I'll be the first to say that uh, I run marathons. As you can see, I'm still pretty stout, a little bit on the meaty side. That's because I eat way more than I run. But I was fortunate to be part of a group. I was uh, proud to start this team, one of the co-founders, called the Running Refugees, and we actually ended up doing a relay. From Chicago to Springfield, 262-mile relay. Uh, Here's some footage of yours truly, Rush Darwish, in action. Um, there we go. This was in the dark around 3.30 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning. Left a shot here, but uh, it's very tiring. It's exhausting. But uh, we did what we had to do. So um, it, was, uh, it was a pleasure to finish it. And the proceeds went to a, a wonderful cause. And that is to uh, raise funds uh, for refugees in Moria Camp, which is in Greece. I don't want to spend too much time with all due respect. It was a, a, a great experience and uh, a wonderful cause. But I want to talk to you about what I gathered, what I noticed that a lot of people do not notice when it comes to this election. Uh, because we had to go through what I call small-town America, there's this crazy illusion out there that when we think about the state of Illinois... We, we talk about um, Chicago, downtown, but what we do is we tend to forget about small-town America, um, a lot of farmland. But within the farmland, there's still a lot of people, and the majority of them are Republican. Uh, one of the things that stood out for me was how many homes had Trump pen signs. It was overwhelming. Yeah, that's right. In between the corn, in between uh, a lot of empty land. That's just the truth. That's what Illinois is all about. There is uh, a lot of voters that are supporting Trump and, of course, supporting Pence, supporting the Republican Party. And I want you to know that we know, we, we know historically, or at least recently, that Illinois is a blue state. Uh, I don't think that's a concern. But as I was running and as I was seeing all these signs, it just hit me the reason why Hillary Clinton lost in 2016 is because she completely forgot about small-town America. We continue to underestimate that vote that sometimes polls don't catch. You see, the polls are out, and every poll indicates that Joe Biden is up 9, 10, 11 points. But these polls don't factor in most of the time small-town America. If you are watching the news, uh, most networks, of course, besides Fox, they are basically giving it already to Joe Biden. Heck, forget about the election. Forget about the debate that they're going to cancel because it doesn't even matter. If you listen to the analysts right now, they will tell you that Joe Biden is going to win. I'm here to say not so fast because Donald Trump 
has a secret weapon. It is rural America. They will go out and vote. That is a guarantee. Whether COVID is here or not, whether they have to mail it in or they're going to go on election day. And this is why for all the pundits out there or a lot of you people out there who are already writing off Donald Trump, as much as I would like to do that, I'm pretty sure for people who've listened to this program, you've listened many times, you know how I feel about Donald Trump. But I will tell you that this past weekend, as I run through the farms of Springfield, it hit me that the story of all those homes with all those signs supporting Trump, supporting Pence, that this story happens in many small towns around the country. And I am terrified that we are going to make the same mistake thinking that Joe Biden has this thing in the bank and that Donald Trump is out. Now, if you go by perception, the last two weeks in my life, out of watching presidential elections since I, was, I became interested in presidential elections, which is around the time Bill Clinton was, was running for office, around 1991. I have never in my life seen a worst campaign, a presidential campaign, than Donald Trump's. Here in the midst of COVID-19, Donald Trump contracts the virus. Uh, his administration, a good amount of them, contract the virus. His wife contracts the virus. His son Aaron gets the virus. And I can go on and on. And to make matters in my opinion, oh my gosh, to make matters worse, uh, Trump immediately gets back on the campaign trail and immediately holds events like what I'm about to show you in Pennsylvania. You have, certainly you'll see some people behind Trump, what I'll show you. You have some people that um, have the mega mask on, but if you look at the crowd, you will see that most people are maskless. So he continues to defy his own rules about wearing masks and supporting some sort of COVID-19 guidelines. Oh, and here's another thing. Polls are showing that women don't like Donald Trump. But remember in 2016, after those nasty comments that he made, you remember that where he was in some trailer bus, something like that, and he, he says some really, really, really terrible things about women and how, you know, what he, what he does to women. I don't even want to get into that. But I want to show you at least uh, a clip from this event where Donald Trump is trying to talk to suburban women. I ask you to do me a favor. Suburban women, will you please like me? Remember? Please. Please. I saved your damn neighborhood, okay? The other thing, I don't have that much time to be that nice. You know, I can do it, but I got to go quickly. We don't have time. They want me to Man be makes politically no correct. Sense. Oh, yes, let's discuss it. Let's talk about it over the next 10 years. No, no, no. Now, we saved your, you, we saved suburbia in the U.S. Uh, what is this man talking I about? I got rid of a regulation that was a disaster, and it was very unfair, and you've been reading about it for a long time. It's been going on for a long time. It became much worse under Obama and Biden. Okay, and Look I think at all those masks. that the women really like Trump a lot. That's happened <laughs> last time, remember? Remember last four years ago? Four years ago, they said women will never vote for him. I said, why am I He's so He's right mad? about that. They said the women will never vote. Then I got Evangelical women voted said, for what Trump. What happened with the women? Except this time, see, this is much easier. 
You damn well better vote for me, Pennsylvania. You better vote for me. I don't know what else to say except that uh, every time I listen to this man, I uh, it's just mind-boggling to me. And I don't care if uh, – I'll say it again. Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. But I will say this. The backdrop of what you watched right now, it looks like the his following is there. Donald Trump, give credit where credit is due. To me, I look at him, I say, this is a man It makes no sense. Makes no sense when he speaks. Most of the time, at least. But when it comes to his followings, they are maskless, large crowds. And yeah, I mean, this he looks like a guy that looks pretty well to me. Remember now, Donald Trump, his, his game plan was after he contracted the virus, was to show everyone that he is fine and that COVID-19 is really not that big of a deal. He, of course, has a team of doctors. They gave him a cocktail of uh, medication that a lot of people, by the way, would never even receive that type of treatment. So, yeah, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, this is truly unbelievable. But Donald Trump, to me, cannot be underestimated, and that's the one thing. You may think, wow, look at Rush, man. He has really given a lot of of love to Donald Trump, but we have to call it the way it is. Every time I have, I've wanted to count this man out and say he is done, he is finished, I even thought that when he contracted COVID-19, you're reading those reports, if you recall, um, needing help with oxygen, he went to the hospital. I was like, this guy, he's 70, 74 years old. You remember they're talking about his obesity, underlying medical conditions. I was thinking... He, he wasn't even going to come out of the campaign. He wasn't going to have any appearances. He'd be lucky if he's going to be feeling better by election day. And here he is in Pennsylvania. He looks fine. So, yes, people, if you're listening, maybe not in Chicago because we're okay. But Donald Trump is dangerous. Dangerous Donald. I kid you not. He looks good. He's strong. And uh, if we underestimate him, I got to see it, even though... You know, when I lived in Texas, when I lived in Texas, uh, I was always around the environment of Republicans, conservatives. But this past weekend, that little run I did from Chicago to Springfield was a friendly reminder that there is a large uh, a drove of Republicans slash Donald Trump supporters that are not counted for, that the media doesn't talk about. And I still think that uh, they are the ones who will make the difference in this election. All right, Bentley Patterson is going to be joining us uh, in about 30 seconds. Hopefully we can get him on. Um, But, yeah, and let's now move on to this, and I'm going to get uh, Bentley's take on it shortly. Amy Coney Barrett. Um, If you've noticed, she has been on TV a lot because she's basically going through uh, her job interview, if you will, with a committee that will make a decision um, on whether to – Nominate her as judge. We'll start with this committee. Then it will go to the Senate for a vote. And I want to give you my take on this. Thus far, Amy Coney Barrett has been untouchable. And I want to bring in Bentley Patterson, who joins us right now on It's About Us. Bentley, how are you, you, sir? How is everything? Good, man. Good. Everything's going real well. So, Bentley... I I agree with you. When I say that, I think that Amy Coney Barrett 
is untouchable, and I want to just elaborate a little bit more on that. First of all, Amy comes in with no script. Um, these are hours and hours of, of interviews. She takes no notes. And when she gives her answers, and if you don't mind, hold on, Bentley. I want to I wanna at least show you um, how she responds to answers. This is Senator Dick Durbin out of Illinois asking her question about race in America and has it evolved uh, historically from the past maybe 100 years till now. But let Dick Durbin, let's hear it from him, and let's, let's look at how uh, Amy Coney Barrett responds. Have you seen the George Floyd video? I have. What impact did it have on you? Um, Senator, as you might imagine, given that I have two black children, that was very, very personal for my family. Um, Jesse was with the boys on a camping trip out in South Dakota, so I was there, and my 17-year-old daughter, Vivian, who's adopted from Haiti, um, all of this was erupting. It was very difficult for her. Um, we wept together in my room, and then it was also difficult for my daughter, Juliet, who's 10. I had to try to explain some of this to them. I mean, my children to this point in their lives have had the benefit of growing up in a cocoon where they have not yet experienced hatred or violence. Um, and for Vivian, you know, to understand that there would be a risk to her brother or the son she might have one day of that kind of brutality has been an ongoing conversation. It's a difficult one for us, like it is for Americans all over the country. And so, I'd like to ask you as an Okay. So um, that that's at least part of the interview. And if if you look at how she responds, um, there's a connection there. And I think um it really touches you is that she has children that are black. Uh I believe she adopted two kids uh, out of Haiti. So yes, there is a there is a story behind that, and when you listen to her speak. Uh, and I want your take on it, Bentley, because this is not what I would call a stiff, rigid judge to some degree. She has a story. And what's your take on that? You know what? She very well could be the right person for the right job. But let's back up. And 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 I think you've probably already covered this. She never sh we never should have gotten to this nomination point. Um, it, nominating a judge. I mean, 88 of her own colleagues from Notre Dame said that she should recuse herself from being appointed as, as a possible justice right now, because now is not the right time. And, I, I and, agree with you on that point, but here's the thing. Bentley, I, I want to elaborate on this. I agree with you 100%, but I think we have a real problem, and I think we have to acknowledge this. And the problem is she is that damn good. She is that damn good right now, and what's happening is the narrative that she is bringing, how she's answering the questions, how she is stumping the interview committee, if you will, it's, it's, it's taking away from, yes, the hatred and how pissed off we were that, that Donald Trump got this nomination in the first place. Yes, I believe that, that Amy Coney Barrett is that damn good. Okay, and, and there's no question also that the judge that Obama had nominated in his closing days was also that good. Guy spoke like seven different languages, played five different instruments, was just a very personable individual and would have flown through any kind of questioning with flying colors, uh, uh, without question. The issue is, is whether Trump should have gotten to this point. You know, 
Trump wants to complain about stacking the deck, right, or, or, or stacking the court. He's been stacking the court for two years now. Four years. On every level as well, Bentley, not just the Supreme Court. We're talking about sub-circuit. He has been dominating, like oh, record, yeah. record setting, by the way. Oh, yeah, be, be, because the turtle would not bring up justices in the last two years of Obama's administration. He, he went on Hannity the other night saying like, hey, he wanted all the credit for obstructing any of Obama's appointees in the last two years of his term. So, I mean, and now they want to try to complain about, you know, the Democrats talking about possibly stacking the court. You know what? You can't stack the court for six years and then complain, you know, when the other side wants to do the same thing. It, it, it It's part of this divide in America. You know, I saw there, there's an, a billboard on 294 right now that's should America get a divorce? Should we should we get a divorce into two countries? Yeah. And, and I, I was taken aback by that. But that's. You know, I, I wanted to actually try to get close to it, but I can't because of construction. But it it really is a question. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're at a crossroad here in America and, and everybody feels it. Now, is she good? And is she a good justice? And maybe she, she would be a very good, good one. Yeah. But will she also possibly take a, a, a take away the Affordable Care Act? Yeah. Yeah. OK, so well, now that now that you mentioned that. Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, also former presidential candidate, uh, asked her about the Obamacare and if she cut a deal with Donald Trump. And here was a response to that. Did you have then a general understanding that one of the president's campaign promises was to repeal the Affordable Care Act when you were nominated? Um, I, as I said before, I'm aware that the president opposes the Affordable Care Act. Well, I know you're aware now, but were you aware back then? Well, seems when you to, were nominated. Well, Senator Klobuchar, I think that the Republicans have kind of made that clear. It's just been part of the public discourse. Okay, but it just it, then is the answer yes then that you well, were Senator aware of Klobuchar. It? All these questions you're you're suggesting that I have animus or that I cut a deal with the president, and I was very clear yesterday that that isn't what happened. Were you okay? And I got to tell you, I don't want to criticize. It's just one little snippet. I know in the media we tend to do that. But I thought the way Klobuchar asked the question, um, I again, I really think um, Barrett owned her. I, I really think like she tried to get one on her, uh, asking if she has knowledge. And she said, hey, I already said I have basic knowledge of this Bentley. And it just... And that's really been the tone. The reason why I'm bringing this up, Bentley, is because that has been the tone throughout the entire process, that, that Democrats are trying to work her. Uh, with Kavanaugh, they succeeded. Kavanaugh, you saw, he kind of had a meltdown during his nomination. But I am telling you right now, she is completely changing the narrative of why we should be upset. Because I am watching her, and I don't care. It's all of a sudden I forget that Donald Trump nominated her because you're like, this guy screws up so much, but she doesn't look like a screw-up. She looks like she is ready for the job. And no, I don't and know. I, I, I don't want to put politics into this, Bentley. I, I have no doubt that she is a excellent justice. I have no doubt about that. But there are things that she is already going to do. Woman's right to choose, uh, you know, that, that, that is out there. You know, I mean, good for her for adopting. I mean, she's walking the walk uh, as well because, I mean, they they point out that, you know, uh, of the 
uh, pro-life movement. You know, if you're going to make people have the babies, then you better be willing to adopt. And she's she's doing an excellent job in walking the walk. Uh, Paul Simon was another person who who was big into adoption as well. Um, and, and but he he was pro-choice guy. Um, so I I mean, you know, going in there. But the question is, are we willing to give that up? You know, is she the right one? Are we willing to give a, a Supreme Court that's going to be stacked yeah, in the I, favor? I, I couldn't agree with you more. Right? Yeah, and, and this are, is, are we, are, yeah. And the affordable care. And what about pre-existing conditions? You know, she she really, I, I mean, she she kind of turned that question back on Amy Kobachar, and good for her in doing it, but she didn't really answer it, did she? No, she did. Well, what she said was uh, reports say that, which, again, she has done a phenomenal job of prepping and making sure that she is able to walk around a lot of the questions without looking like she's walking around. That's what you call a brilliant, brilliant politician. But what she said is she's not completely opposed to Obamacare and that she is not this advocate against the Affordable Care Act. But uh, you talk to analysts and people who know her and know her record and her time at Notre Dame as a professor – Everyone's like, no, she is as conservative as conservative can get. She is a so that's why I'm telling you, Bentley. I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the the, the worst comparison ever, but you will get it. This is very similar when you know in the mid '90s when I was introduced to Benjamin Netanyahu, who's now the Prime Minister of Israel, and I heard him speak for the first time. He was on one of the newscasts. And I remember saying, Bentley, to myself and to my family, I was very young. I actually had hair at that time, and I actually was, like, thinner. But I remember Bentley saying, like, wow, this person is a dangerous communicator because when he speaks, there's this likability about them. They communicate clearly, and they make certain things look like it's really just not that bad. And this is why, right. as if you're a Democrat, you should be absolutely terrified of Amy Coney Barrett because those are the skills that she possesses as well, and that's what makes her so dangerous, Bentley. And it's a lifetime appointment. Lifetime. We're talking about the prob probably the better part of 40 years that she would be sitting on the bench. 48 years old, so um, 30 years. She looks healthy to me. Yeah, go, go, go ahead and give her 30 years. That puts her at 78. A lot of the justices are well over 80. Um, uh, you know, or, or, or go to the well over 80. You know, I, I think that one thing that should be done out of this rush, I think justices should have a term. Supreme Court should be limited to 12 years. I'm with you on that, Bentley. But look, that's, you know, we agree on that. And then that we can have that discussion about Congress as well, putting terms on people. But that's really not what we're looking at here. What we are looking at here, Bentley, is that there could be major reform that will happen, as you mentioned, uh, Roe versus Wade, um, immigration, the Affordable Care Act. These are all these are all very strong scenarios that could flip pre pre existing conditions. Pre existing conditions. I am telling you, she, she is she is the most dangerous woman in America right now. Let me say it one more time: Amy Coney Barrett is the most dangerous woman in America today. I, I don't disagree with you uh, that she's going to flip it. But, yeah, I agree with you, Rush. That's a good I, – I, I second that comment. You know why? Because when you hear her speak, she is – again, I want to make – she is likable. She communicates clearly. She does not show her cards as somebody who's this crazy conservative. She does not match 
that prototype we'd expect out of Donald Trump. She is not wild. She's got it together. She is noteless because she has um, this ability to communicate without notes. And by the way, when she taught at Notre Dame, her students rave about her. Multiple, multiple Professor of the Year awards. I'm with you, Bentley. Other um, people who are in Supreme Court that were interviewed, I know they're good, but right now I am telling you, we have to now be ready. I think that the fight is going to be less when this whole interview process is done, meaning they're going to look at her and say, I don't know what we can do. She's that damn good. They, they have to flip it back to the fact of, of that her being nominated at this time was absolutely wrong and that the Republicans are being completely hypocritical in bringing her up while refusing Obama his choice when there was three times as much time. Uh, available, you know they're going to ram this through, and they are going to ram it through. They're going to ram it through, like you said, the the nomination process is going to go through. She, yeah, they're going to go ahead and, and pass her on. The vote's going to happen sometime, probably the end of next week. You know, just before the election. You know, I, may, may, maybe the week following. So, uh, I mean, we're going to go into that election. That could, there, there could be blowback on that. There really could be blowback, and 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 it'd be interesting to watch if any of these Senate races also flip. You know, let's see what happens, Rush. Um, Let's go back. Let's go back real quick to Donald Trump. I I was mentioning earlier in the show, Bentley, that uh, going going for a run in the the fields of Springfield, the farms, the uh, the homes there, there's a dominant presence for Donald Trump. And I do feel that. A lot of people, including myself, we live in these big cities. We we watch news, but it's always big market. Um, after you know, and it wasn't just me; it was team members as well who felt like, "Wow, here here are your forgotten voters." Uh, is it fair to say that we could make that mistake again? We did it last time, right? I mean, the flyover over Wisconsin, just making the assumption that you were going to win in Wisconsin. The flyover Michigan. Michigan has a lot of this farm territory. Wisconsin, I tell you all the time how you many do. how many Trump Pence signs I see out in Wisconsin. They are bi- and they're huge, aren't they? They're not. They're, they're not like these little tiny. It's, like it's little insane. Banners. Signs. They are the big four by eight. You know, huge Trump Pence signs out there. Um, yeah, th- these people are, are are. You're right. It, it, the forgotten person. I think even I think Trump uses that as a tagline. He's that, right that, though. That, you you can't you can't you can't argue it. You could just. Yeah. It's it's small town America. There's nothing going on. I'm running, you know, all through these homes, and all I see, you know, Pence. And by the way, Pence, not they're always not together. Some is Pence, most of it Trump, but they they are um, a a big presence in these small towns. I still do believe, you know, I still believe Biden is going to win. I'm just not buying the 10, 12, 14 points that some of these polls have it at right now. I'm heartened by the people standing in line. But but here's the other thing I'm going to say to you, Rush. There's not going to be one of those people in the heartland that are going to wait more than 10 minutes to vote. The, yeah, the, already the Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. The, they're out. I was like 12 million people so far have voted, Bentley. It, it is a record number of people that are voting. But you're seeing that the they're, they've limited the voting places in the higher population places. Now, if that's not outright oppression of voting, I don't know what is. And that's True. what they're really trying to do. They limited the number of collection boxes that they had out in Texas, in Houston, right? Each county was only allowed one. 
So you're talking like, like, like that'd be like saying Cook County has one collection box. Um, they did that in Houston. They finally changed that. But that's how you oppress the vote in the Democratic, the highly Democratic areas. And, and they're really looking at doing that. And it's, it's sad. It really is sad. I'm there with you on that. Strong, there's a strong chance, Rush, just like last time, that Trump could pull this out. But what scares me even more is what happened in Michigan, where that militia, that white militia, was going to kidnap the governor of Michigan. And and they were they they set out and they made that plot to do so. Yeah, if the, if it wasn't an election year, Benny, that this and it wasn't COVID nineteen, that would be a national story that would run on the news cycle, uh, multiple for for multiple weeks. But it's been squashed a little bit because of the election, because of COVID nineteen. But what a what a unbelievable story. And, and Donald the- Trump, by the way, continues to criticize the governor, takes shots Correct. at her. That, Correct. Oh my gosh. And, and, and when you talk about a guy that in the debate told the the Proud Boys, the white Proud Boys, to stand by and you know, stand down. And, and that that's what he's telling them to do. That's the dog whistle that's out there. And so even let, let, let's say Trump does lose. There it's not over. It's not over by a long shot. And let's close it out here, Bentley. And I want your take on this. And uh, I know that it's very easy in the media, even this little podcast called It's About Us. We, tr- we tend to want to add theatrics. But am I being theatrical by saying that if things are trending late uh, November 3rd in the evening, things are trending, there's projections out that, that Joe Biden's the next president. Should we be concerned that groups like the Proud Boys will be out and about and will be looking for to make serious harms on a lot of folks. Scares me, Rush. It scares me. So am I, am I off on that, that we should we should be really concerned? I am actually worried about it. I hope Rush, I'm wrong. I, I, other years, when I saw that billboard today, that should we get a divorce? Should America get a divorce? I, I, I would have laughed it off. Not this year, my friend. Not this year. Bentley, my friend, you know that I always appreciate you coming on the program. I'm now once again... Um, showing your chair that is empty for our audience to know that that is supposed to be your chair and there will come a day where you will not be able to use COVID-19 as the reason why you can't make your way to beautiful Pilsen. What, We're nice they, people here in Pilsen. Days? We welcome everyone. The Latino what, community, what they, we, they love you. I'm not Latino, but you know what? We, we love you here. One of these days you're going to go to me. You're going to say, you know, okay, it's time for Melon to come on. And you're going to hear a knock on your door, and that's going to be me. One of these days, it's going to happen, my friend. Bentley, we appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. God love you. Thank you. Take care. It's Bentley Patterson. All right, guys. We are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it more than you would know. Thank you for listening to the program. And don't forget, this show is always about us. Take care, and we'll see you next week.